excited to be able to sit down and have a chat with the incredible Serena Bellissimo, pre presenter of the Bellissimo Files on Spin 1038, TV panelist and many other titles and strings to your bow, Serena. It is wonderful to be able to chat with you as part of the Shona Project. Thanks for having me. It's so good to be able to chat to you as well in person, Louise. Well, over Zoom, you know. <laughs> It must be unusual, Serena, being at the other side of an interview for you because you're always in the hot seat. Yeah, I was going to say to you um, before we started, I'm, I'm actually nervous because I'm not used to, I'm not a control freak, but I'm not used to um, having to reveal stuff about me. I'm used to asking the questions. So this is really weird sitting here going, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. And that's, that's okay, I think. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. And look, I think more than anything, that's what it is. It just is a chat and uh, great to be able, I guess, to hear your story because you have got like an incredible journey that you've been on and you've got incredible stories to share along the way. So for people who are tuning in that that maybe don't know Serena. She is originally from Melbourne in Australia and is now living in Dublin, presenting an entertainment radio show and interviewing, I think it's safe to say, some of the biggest celebrities in the world. So Serena, you might just take us back to the beginning of that journey. How does a girl from Melbourne make her way to Dublin and end up presenting an incredible radio show that has been so successful? I ask myself that question all the time because the thing is, this was always the dream. Like if you asked 15 year old Serena, what do you want to do? It wasn't in Ireland, I have to admit. It was always, I was going to be in Australia or be an LA correspondent for a show in Australia and I was going to have a, an entertainment type show. But it didn't start that way. I had about five or six, maybe up to 10 detours before I got here. Um, and it's really strange because I remember I went to an all-girls school and it was, I, I may as well have been brought up in Ireland because I went to a Catholic all-girls convent school. And I remember not liking my school principal much, but there was one thing that really stood, uh, stuck with me. And Rat, I think it was our final year assembly, and she was talking to us about, you know, that stressful time of trying to figure out where you want to go next after high school. And we were doing our CEO forms, well, the equivalent over there. And she was like, girls, do not be stressing because I promise you, you will have five or six different careers in your lifetime. And no one had ever said that to me before. Like, had anyone said that to you, Louise? Like, when you're choosing what you're going to do next after school, everyone tells you you have to choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life at that moment. Yeah, 100%. And it's such an Irish mentality to be like, you'll be a teacher and you'll be a yeah be a guard so it's like it's almost set in stone but I think Serena that mentality is changing maybe it was a little different for you as well though because I know you might have been a generation obviously ahead of the students that are in school now so yeah it probably was definitely not common that your peers or classmates had that many careers I'd imagine no so it was really weird at a time where we were told you know go be your teacher go be the lawyer go do whatever you want but whatever you choose is going to be with you for the rest of your life I think I took it too literally because I went, okay, so I can do whatever I want. And I basically, I started off doing an arts degree and because I wanted to go into journalism, but my careers teacher forgot to tell me that I needed to take this test to get into the course. So I didn't, I was devastated when I didn't get into the journalism course. So I did an arts degree. I majored in legal study, no, majored in media studies and minored in legal studies. And then I got to the end of the three years and I went, what am I going to do now? So I went, do you know what? I'll just get a teacher's degree. I think you call it a HDIP here. 
Mm-hmm. I'll just get that so I have it as something to fall back on. And then I accidentally became a teacher for a couple of years. Um, and then that wasn't working out for me. It was a high school teacher teaching leaving cert students. And then that didn't work out. So I just, I left. Um, I think another thing that a lot of people tell you is that you should never quit anything. My life motto is quitters are sometimes winners because you need to know when to quit. It doesn't mean that I start something and just quit straight away. But if I know it's not working for me, I'm really happy to quit. And that's what I've done my whole life um, with my careers, I suppose. So I I quit the teaching. Then I got into um, education work outside of the teaching system. So stuff like museums. I didn't know there were education officers at museums. But, you know, when you go on those excursions, when the world opens up again and you can go on school tours, there's someone putting together programs. So I got to do that. And then I think I had about four or five of those different jobs in different museums and stuff. And then before I got here, I ended up at the Australian Red Cross. And I have to say that was probably one of my favourite jobs. And again, it was working with primary school students and secondary school students and then also with tertiary students, um, recently arrived refugees and asylum seekers. And it was one of the most rewarding jobs. And of course, wherever possible, I used to bring media into the courses and stuff. So, and then... I landed here and I fell into radio doing, I think maybe what happened was, this is something I always wanted to do, but in Australia, everyone was telling me you can't because you don't know anyone. You can't because you don't look a certain way. Um, You can't because you don't have this background. And so I listened to the you can't. And then I got here, nobody knew who I was. So I went, do you know what? I'm going to tell you who Serena is rather than you tell me who Serena is. And then... I suppose I I took a chance and landed here. Obviously, it wasn't that simple, but yeah. It's incredible, Serena, to hear that. And I think, you know, I have to ask the question, why you came to Ireland? Like, I mean, you don't all that often hear of Australians coming to somewhere where the weather is worse, there is less employment, and, you know, it's essentially probably more expensive to live in a city like Dublin than it is Melbourne, or maybe on par, I'd imagine. But what was the thought process behind Ireland as an option? You know, what, what, what brought you here? A man. Um, <laughs> basically, I got married um, to an Irish man and I told him when we got married that, you know, there is no way I will, you know, if, if you want to be with me, just know that we are always going to live in Australia. There is no way I'm going to live in Ireland and there is no way I'm having kids away from my mother. And then we got married and I went, I'd, I'd always wanted to do the live in Europe for a year and I just, I, I travelled a lot but I never did the living. So I went, this is a really safe way to do it because I don't have any of my family or friends but I have his family and his friends. So we came over for 18 months and 14 years later we're still here. Oh, that's so lovely. And I mean, it obviously was that blessing in disguise. So when you came and started your life in Ireland, obviously you mentioned your background was in education. So at the point, I guess, when you arrived in Ireland, you didn't have any career, any experience in media under your belt. So you'd never had a career on radio or in media. I did when I was at um, uni, college. Um, I did work for a a startup radio station. So I was the sports presenter on it and I went and did a lot of sports interviews and stuff, but that was it. Um, I didn't, I suppose, as I said, I was too scared to sort of, I doubted myself, like I'm so confident in other things, but that was one thing that I just went, I I just can't do it. And I, I, 
did a couple of internships and stuff, but, you know, I never took people up on their offers. I, um, is it Michal Omura Hertik? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that legend. So we have a legend like that in Australia called Bruce McAvaney. I interviewed him and at the end of the interview, he was so lovely. Like I was starting out and he was like, Serena, do you know what? If you have any questions, if you need anyone in this business, here's my email address. Please drop me an email. I will help you. Louise, I, I did nothing with it. I did nothing with it because I, I did not want to be a burden. I did not want him to feel like I was using him. But he made the offer and I was just like, no, 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 I can't take up too much of your time. If someone makes you an offer like that, take them up on their offer. They're, you know, because it's, I suppose, you know, it's finding that fine line in this industry and in any industry of you don't want to be seen as taking up too much of people's time. But you also don't, you know, so I just went, I don't want to waste his time and I did nothing with it. Yeah, that is such a shame, Serena. And I think that it's so true in this industry, especially, you know, you have to have that confidence. All the cliches are true. You know, it's who you know, you need to, if you don't ask, you won't get nothing ventured, nothing gained and all of these things. And I, I think it probably, especially as a young person, and as you mentioned, coming from a background in school where your teachers would have told you, you know, life has to go in a certain way and follow a certain process. You probably thought, oh, sure, you know, you automatically thought if I get onto him, nothing will come of it or I'm not worthy of making contact with him. You know, I think it was that second one. It was like, I'm not worthy or I just, I just didn't want to be a burden. Mm. And so, yeah, I suppose that's where before I ever knew imposter syndrome existed, that's where the whole imposter syndrome came about. Um, But then, yeah, I don't know what happened when I moved over here. And I think one of the greatest things that we can't do right now is travel. Because when you do travel, whether it be outside your county or outside of your country when it's safe to do it again, um, you just learn so much about yourself because people haven't put you in a box. People don't know you, so they do not know your history. And so that's what happened here. You know, my husband knew me, his, his sister knew me, but they also didn't know me from like when I was five. Yeah. So they didn't have this mis- um, these preconceived ideas of what I'd be like. So when I said there was an ad on spin, I used to listen to spin all the time, walking in and out of work. And there was an ad on spin and it was Gordon Hayden. He was asking, he'd put it out there that he was looking for a co-presenter for We Love Movies. And I went, oh my God, I think I'm going to do it. And again, someone I knew worked at spin and he said, give it to me. I can't guarantee anything, but give it to me and I'll pass. Give me your um, demo and I'll pass it on to Gordon. And I wasn't going to take him up on the offer because I did not want to seem like a burden. But then someone pushed me to do it. I gave it to him. I didn't get the job. But um, Gordon called me like, I always think I've been really lucky. I've gotten jobs because people are desperate. And that's, I'm not putting myself down, but they are desperate. So they're willing to give you a chance. And then it's what you do with that chance that turns it. So you turn your luck into hard work and then into success. So Gordon was like, no, look, you're not right for the show, but um, can I keep you on my books? And I was like, no, as if that's going to happen. Nobody keeps you on the books. People do keep you on the books. And then there was a junket that nobody could cover in London. So this girl from Melbourne, Australia, had been called to go to a junket in London, like stuff I'd only seen on the TV. And I said yes, and then things happened from there. 
Yeah. So there was a little bit of luck, I guess, but also it was hard work, as you said. And I mean, taking that initial plunge to send in the demo and, you know, not knowing, maybe knowing ultimately you didn't have all of the experience they were looking yeah. for, but you you had that confidence to kind of say, well, if my name isn't in the pot, then I don't stand a chance at all. So do you mind me asking, Serena, what age you were at this stage? I think I was 30. I was okay. 30. Yeah. Like so, and even at that stage, I just... Again, it's this whole, I think it's the people pleaser thing in us that we sort of need to beat out of us because I'm so used to doing things for other people. It makes it really hard to accept someone's offer to help you because I, get, I keep using that word burden, but you just don't want to feel like a burden. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I find that so interesting. And I mean, I think that a lot of young people who come out of secondary school and start college and then maybe finish college and go about finding a career you think that things you know okay I'm 24 now I need to have this I need to have yeah. this. but actually that's not the case at all like in your scenario you got the dream job essentially when you were 30 so yeah. I imagine that you know there had been lots of years there where you'd been finding out different things about yourself so you had to go on a journey I guess of understanding that it's okay not to know what career you want at 21 that's absolutely fine or it's okay not to get, like, you may know what you want, but it's okay if you don't have it by 21, 25, you are not a failure. And I think for me, I mentioned my principle, but it was also something else. Like I was always into entertainment stuff, right? So I used to watch in Australia, we had Entertainment Tonight. And it was an American entertainment show like E! News. And I remember watching an interview with um, one of the ladies who was in because what, what's uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape, the Johnny Depp movie, and Leonardo DiCaprio, and she was forty six, and she finally got her break, and she was living her dream at forty six. And I think, as a, I think I was about thirteen. So as a thirteen year old, watching this forty six year old woman who at 13, 46 is like over the hill, ancient. But watching her saying that she's finally live out, living out her dreams, for me that was an, like a, a moment that clicked in my head that went, hold on a sec, everything doesn't have to be linear. Everything you do, like if you don't have your dream job at 21, it doesn't mean you're, not a, you're a failure. You may be, and I know this sounds like a long way off, but you may be 51, you may be 61. Everything that happens in between is a journey and it's making you stronger for the person you are. Like I wonder if I took up Bruce at 21 on his offer to help me, would I have been successful or would I have failed because I hadn't worked on what I needed to work on myself? Not because I didn't have the skills, but I need to have the confidence. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so true. And I think it's so interesting to just hear you say that as well and look back and be able to reflect on it. And I guess look at it now retrospectively and say, actually, maybe not making that contact with Bruce was a good thing, you know? Um, yeah. I think, Serena, for a lot of young girls, like it's more challenging than ever growing up in an era of social media where they have all of these external pressures on top of school, on top of their social life. They now have this like virtual life that they live in and in particular this year. So I think that's an added pressure. And especially when it comes to careers, because we see a lot of young people who are like maybe only 16 and they're carving out careers for themselves as social media influencers more recently tiktokers and i think sometimes you know people start to think oh sure i'm no good i don't get this many likes i can't i don't have this many followers i'm not able to make that type of a tiktok video um and then they start to i guess feel hatred for themselves and it's a really dark place to be um what advice would you have for young girls who are in that space right now and struggling 
it's so tough because it's so easy to just go, please don't pay any attention to it. Um, it's, you know, but what I, what I will say is that please don't be comparing yourself to others and don't, my thing would be try and figure out who you are. Who is it that you want to be? Because people only connect with people if they feel you are real. What are you passionate about? And because, you know, we have this saying that I keep using all the time, you fake it until you make it. But I think that's more about, you know, can you, when I first got my job at SPIN, can you run the desk? Yeah, no, I had no idea. I will fake it until I make it in, in that light. But when it comes to being you as a person, don't be faking it because people see fake. Be you. Find your tribe. I think your tribe is really important. I'm still, like it took me a while. A lot of people talk about high school as being the best day, days of their lives and stuff. Yeah, probably wasn't. I, I had a good time in high school, but like most of my friends probably came from college. And so from the age of 18, I've held on to my tribe and I've, yeah, I've never really compared myself with others. Sometimes it is hard, like you look at something and you'll go, oh, why did that person get it? And I didn't get something. But just keep focus on you. You stay in your lane, in your mind and just shine. Like people will tell you, I think the other thing is as well, people will tell you that you're doing something, you're not doing it right, or you should be doing it this way, you should be doing it that way. Never let anybody dull your sparkle. You shine the way you're meant to be shining. That's, a that's such a lovely thing to say. And I think, you know, sometimes it is easier to say those things. And it's really hard, I think, to probably believe it as well. And I, I definitely don't know how the teenagers of today are navigating their way through the world they're living in, because I always count my blessings that I didn't have, you know, the burden of social media growing up, because I don't think I could have managed it as well as so many young people are today you know so I guess just as well we may as well talk about it the fact that this chat is about careers um leaving cert students this year are faced with the most uncertain leaving cert of all time the yeah. irony is they've had to fill out their CAO form and they still are unsure of what type of an exam they're going to be sitting in June which is bizarre um for a student, I guess, who has no idea where they want to go and maybe they think I might like to do this, I might like to do that, but essentially they really don't actually know where they'd like to go with their career. What would you advise some someone that's in that position? I'd say think about what, uh, don't make your decision based on where do I want to be in 10 years' time, right? If, if you have a clear direction, well, then, yes, base it on that. But if you don't have a clear direction of where you want to be in 10 years' time, where do you want to be tomorrow? What are you interested in right now? And as I said, I keep coming back to this whole, you know, people say that quitters never win. Sometimes the quitters do win, right? So, like, when I actually, when I filled out my CEA form, C C A O form, one of the things I did have down was intellectual disability studies, and I got into that course. Now, I don't know how it works here, but I got into that course. I went to sign up. I went, I don't know how I got into this course. There is so much science. I'm really bad at science. I dropped out before I even started. And I went and I applied for something else. So I think that look at what you're passionate about now. Do what works for you. Do what makes you happy. And that will lead to your next step. And always, always look at what's working for you and do not be comparing yourself to somebody else yeah that's really well worth saying um also Serena sorry 
I'm getting a notification on my phone. Also worth okay. saying as well, because I know that uh, people will be listening to this and they'll be like, why didn't you ask Serena this, that and the other? I'm sure people are dying to know, Serena, for you, what is it about media that makes you tick? Why do you love it as a career? And why do you think that, uh, who, who, what type of person do you think should get into it? Who might love it as a young student that's 15 or 16 now and uh, would just excel in this in this industry? Someone who's curious. I've always been curious. I've always wanted to know people's stories. Um, like a lot of you will be watching this going, who is that person? And I'm so happy that you have no idea who I am because I'm not in this for people to know my name. I'm in this so people can know other people's names. And I love turning the spotlight on other people. And yeah, sometimes you get George Clooney in your bedroom because you're on a Zoom and you're sitting there going, what is happening? But I also love chatting to just people who have interesting stories. And I think that's the thing. I think think about what you're passionate about, what makes you tick. And I think you'll end up being successful anywhere you go. That said, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and there will be moments you're questioning what is it that I'm doing. There will be moments where people are going, oh, my God, you're flying it. And behind the scenes you're going, what am I doing? Do I need to leave what I'm doing right now? Yeah, for sure. There is always going to be those dull moments. I know we're so tight on time, Serena, so we won't keep you any longer. But I guess just because you've got this incredible repertoire of guests that you have interviewed over the course of the last number of years, you've met so many amazing people. I know more recently it's been on Zoom and online, but uh, even in person, can you tell us in a nutshell like maybe the highlight of your career to date? Um, oh, God. I suppose it, the highlight is every time. This sounds really corny, but really... Any time I actually get to fly over to London or any time I'm sitting there chatting to one of the stars that I have looked up to since I was 13 or 14, I'm pinching myself going, how did this girl from the northern suburbs in Melbourne get to where she is right now? But can I also give one piece of advice that we don't talk about a lot just really quickly because we are running out of time. One thing I, I suppose... Um, and it was something that was um, taught to me and I don't know how we lost it along the way. We need to talk about pay. Girls, do not be afraid to talk about pay because I think not talking about pay puts us in a um, more precarious environment. Like I know when I was get going for jobs, they probably went about it the wrong way, but my aunts and uncles would always go, and how much are they paying you? And I go, oh, my God, you're asking me. But I'd tell them and they'd tell me, you know, they either say, wow, that's fantastic, or no, you're worth more than that. You need to know your worth and you need to go for it and you are worth being paid what other people are paying. And I think if we start talking about it as well within whatever industry you're in, talk to someone about what pay they're on and I just, yeah, I think, I think we need to talk more about it because by not talking about it, we're at a disadvantage. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think I couldn't agree with you more equality pay equality regardless of the industry it shouldn't matter yeah. if you're male female or anything else in between so um certainly delighted that you brought that up as well serena um i'm sure for a lot of young people tuning in that might want to hear more about you where is the best place to keep up to date with your career or maybe if they want to reach out and ask you a question about your career and uh if they're looking at getting into radio and media themselves I'll always reach out um actually instagram is probably the best so it's serena bellissimo everything is that and um yeah send me a dm don't don't be afraid to ask the questions you are not a burden reach out and um yeah it, it's always great to um 
I suppose that's the other thing. Find yourself a mentor in whatever. In, I'm not going to. I'm not saying I'm going to be that person for you, but find yourself a mentor in whatever industry you go into and ask as many questions as you have. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Well said. And I think you're being very modest, uh, Serena. You could absolutely be the Mihal Omar Herthig figure to some young aspiring radio presenter here in Ireland. So I, I, I have no doubt but that you, your DMs will be flooded as soon as um, lots of teenagers watch this video. I appreciate so much you taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat to us and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. So thanks, Louise.